Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. Well, good morning, Trinity. How is everyone? So good to see you. Um, as, as Pastor Trish said, yes, my name is Alex Close. I uh, get to serve with a great group of people uh, down at Sunday Breakfast Mission. I'm part of the staff there and uh, have been there for about 10 years. Um, just want to give a quick introduction for those of you who have not had, or I have not had the privilege to meet you, you have not had the privilege to meet me, um, but I just want to want to introduce a little bit. Um, I'm the father of four girls. I have three girls in their 20s, and, and some of you have probably seen our little Izzy, who is four years old, running amok in the church, and I am chasing after her. Um, so uh, that tells you two things about me, that I'm, I'm uh, a dad, right, of daughters, so two things. One, I know how to interrogate boyfriends <laughs> intensely. Well, there's actually a joke. My son-in-law, my daughter got married last year. My son-in-law actually said, so with the new, because we have this new boyfriend. He said, with the new boyfriend, do I get to ride in the back and like shake the bat? You know, so, um, but that's the first thing. I know how to interrogate boyfriends. Uh, the second thing is, is I can really throw a mean tea party, right? So dad, dads, right, who have daughters, you got to do what you got to do, right? I'm also uh, the husband of Kelly, who will probably be joining us during the 11 o'clock. She is my favorite wife. She is my favorite and only wife, okay? And uh, most importantly, uh, I am a, fa- uh, a grateful recipient of God's grace. You see, it was Jesus Christ when I was 12 years old. Uh, some friends in a church, I did not go to church, but they shared Jesus with me. And it was at that moment I became a friend of God. Really, God became my friend. So I'm a grateful recipient of his grace. All right, enough of me. You guys ready to roll up your sleeves and dig in? Huh? So happy new year. It's that time again, right, to embrace the new, the new you, the new me, the new year. Pastor Trish already talked about it a little bit. How many of you have made resolutions for the new year? Come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. New, new year resolution. How many of you have already broken those New Year resolutions? How many of you have resolved not to make a New Year's resolution? Didn't you just make a resolution? Right? Yeah. So, so you know, the thing about resolutions, when we, when we really think about them, is they're really about priorities. And uh, they're, they're about prioritizing what is important to us and letting other people know. Right? So here are a couple things. What are you prioritizing in 2023? Is it health? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Is it maybe you want to go on a new adventure? Maybe you want to grow your business. What are those things that you feel are most important for this coming year? Today, I get the, the privilege, right, as, as pastor is getting some rest, I get the privilege to kick off this new series, First Things First. Living God's priority. That's what it's about, right? Pastor TJ talks a lot about, you know, we have our thought. God has his thought. If this thought does not match with his thought, one of us is wrong, right? And so what is the priority that you're looking towards in the new year? 
Well, today we kick off with this topic right here. Friendship with God. That is our priority. If, if you set no other priority this year, set the priority to seek after God and make Him your friend. Amen? So we, our key verse for today is John 15. This is the, the ESV. It says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I like the way the Passion Translation says it. It says, I have never called you servants. Because a master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. For I reveal to you everything that I have heard that you that I have heard from my father. You know, I love this context. This is the whole the vine and the branches and abiding in Jesus and walking after Jesus and, and staying connected. And here, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he sits them down and he begins to explain to them about sacrifice and about friendship and about love. And in this discourse, he stops them and he makes an interesting contrast. He says, I no longer call you, or I never refer to you as servant, but I call you my friend, right? That word servant in the Greek is the word doulos. And it's an interesting word because it, it is literal, literal and figurative. It's about being the person who is the slave or the servant, the bond servant, who, who is there to just do whatever the master tells them to do. No thought, no, no, no judgment, no words, just, just do, just do, just do. But Jesus uses a different word. He gives them the word philos. And that word is friend. It's active. It's fond. It, it, it's, it's the associate. It's the neighbor. He says, you're not my servant to the disciples. He says, you're my friend. Philos. That word associate is a person who shares actively in anything business-related, uh, enterprise, partnering. It is a fellow worker. Jesus is inviting us, and he's inviting the, the disciples at this point to come into this relationship that says, hey, we are arm in arm together in all that God is about to do because I have revealed it to you. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that, that wonderful that, that you're not just someone who gets a task list, right? That he just says, here's your task list, go do it. But he says, hey, come lock arms with me. Let's join together and pursue what the Father has spoken. You are my friend. This was a game changer for the disciples. To not just be a servant to the master, but to be a friend. Because you see, back in, in this time, the disciple who served the rabbi moved in and lived with him, but just followed along and did whatever he needed. He waited on them hand and foot. What a game changer when Jesus says, you're not just my servant, you are my friend. So what makes us friends? Is it we have acquaintances, 
uh, we, we meet people, we know a little bit about them, maybe we, we share a common meal. What makes us friends? How many of you remember, think back, those of you that are, uh, you know, half a century or so, or, or maybe a little bit younger, but 1994, the debut of an American sitcom, Friends, right? Yeah, and it's, it's all of a sudden there's this resurgence of, of the show Friends, right? So some of you, you know, you're watching it on Netflix and HBO, well, guess what? I lived it, okay? Um, you know, and, and here's, here's the concept, right? You got, you got these six 20-something people who are struggling to survive in the real world, right? They're making their way. They're finding companionship. They're finding love. They're finding comfort. They're supporting one another throughout the pressures of life. It's interesting that that show grew so large and, and, and impacts so many people that the estimated viewership of the final episode was 51.1 million views. Wow. And today, it's still, it's, people are still watching it, right? Uh, how many of you have seen, uh, there's this thing, you know, on Instagram and now in King of Prussia and all over, what's it called? The Friends Experience, where you can actually go and show up in different sketches of this show and, and take pictures and sit on their couch and carry the, the, the uh, remember the big couch for those of you that actually watched the show? There, maybe you have experienced this where you're moving. So here, here's, here's a quick synopsis. Ross, ha Ross has this big, big couch, and he has to carry this couch up these steps, and it's only him and this lady, Rachel. Um, Rachel is right here in the middle, if you don't know, right? Jennifer Aniston. And, and so she brings uh, help, who happens to be Chandler, and Ross looks at him, he's like, you brought the weakest link, you know? He's like, my sister Monica could carry a couch better than he can, you know? And, and so they're like lifting this couch up the steps. Have you ever been there trying to move your friends? Remember? Come on, y'all, work with me. Think back when you were your 20-something, and all of a sudden you had to move somebody, and you had that big, heavy piece of furniture, and, you know, Ross is at the head helm, and he's, you know, pulling this couch, and he's yelling, pivot! pivot, pivot, you know, and you're like, will you stop yelling at me? I'm trying to get this up. You know, that's friends. <laughs> friends. How many of us have them, right? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I move on. I digress. You got, you got to help me. I go on a lot of rabbit trails. There's, like, I want, let me tell you a little, here's, see, here's, here's a rabbit trail. So, you know, I, I have these 20-something daughters. I have the four-year-olds. Four so I watch a lot of cartoons, you know, dog or squirrel, right? Remember up, squirrel, there it goes, you know. All right, I'll, I'll stop, I promise. I'm sorry. So, here it is. So, so why did this sitcom, here, here's another interesting fact. Maybe you don't know this. HBO Max actually paid $425 million to secure this series after Netflix dropped it, right? They paid each friend $3 million to come back and do the reunion show. Why? Yeah. Why does it have so much popularity? Why do people love it? Why do they watch it then and now? Well, this is what I believe. It comes from an inborn desire for the meaningful relationships that we have with one another. We identify, we feel it, we know. 
You see, what is the most important to us is to be known and to know one another as what? Close friends. Where does this desire come from? Who created it? God the Father. God put that in us. That desire to be close, to know, to relate, to connect. We see its foundation all the way back in the garden. Genesis 1, 26, the beginning of that verse, it says, Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. Now that word likeness, it's not just spiritual, it's also emotional. There's a connection there's, there's a deep connection to relate and experience. We see that as God is looking out, and I don't have this verse, but as God is looking at Adam with all the wonder and all the beauty of the garden and all the animals and everything that he has put together, what does he say about Adam? It is not good for man to what? Be alone. To be on his own. Throughout the life of Jesus, we get to witness and see him modeling friendship with man and also with God the Father. Jesus had what? His 12 disciples who were his, his you know, here, here's an old word for you, some of you, his posse, right? His group, his, his homeboys, right? Jesus is not our homeboy. He's the heavenly father, right? He's the savior, okay? Just let's clear that up. I don't want Pastor TJ getting any emails, okay? Um, but, but he had his disciples, he had the 12, and then Jesus took that a step further, and he had what? His intimate three that he would spend time with, but he took it even a bigger step. He had his intimate one, the Father, right? Jesus never forgot his Father, his one, and I think for us to experience this concept or this understanding of friendship, and especially in this context, friendship with God, we need a couple attributes. And I'm just going to give you three. I believe there's more probably, but here are some three key attributes that I think we need. The first attribute is interest. The definition of interest is the state of wanting to know or learn about something or someone. How many of you are single? Raise your hand. Come on. Look around. So after church, you can go meet somebody, okay? Um, right? No, but think about it. Think about it. When we first started dating, when we first started entering into the relationships, right? When, when, when we first were setting out and getting to connect with one another or that love interest, um, everything was new. Everything was neat right? You know, she could talk for days, and you could just listen, and you just look, and you're just like, oh, wow, right? And then you, you think about, for those of you, here's a, here's a little nugget, those of you that are single as you get married, right? You hit that 10-year mark, and things aren't always so neat. Things aren't always so new. Maybe you're different. I, and me, in my, in my world, with, with Kelly and I, we were 10 years into our marriage, and we kind of hit that slump, you know, working and kids and things going on. And, you know, and it wasn't like I didn't love her, right? Because we made that commitment, but the interest had waned a little bit. And it was our 10-year anniversary, me being the, the spiritual man that I am, 
right? It was really just dumb in my part, but um, I was like, we need to get this thing straightened out. We're going to go to a marriage conference. Gentlemen, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do that, right? Okay, whatever your wife wants for the 10-year anniversary, work to do that, okay? Thank God, God's grace, right? Because God's great. I'm a grateful recipient of God's grace. His unmerited favor blessed me during this time in my stupidity, right? Because, you know, here it was. It was kind of like, you know, those men from Top Gun, they were singing, you lost that loving feeling. And I'm like, we've got to get this loving feeling back. So I took my wife to a marriage conference. We didn't even stay overnight. We actually went and stayed at my parents' house. We dropped the kids off, and we went and sat in uh, seminars all day long. I was batting a thousand, wasn't I? Yeah, good stuff. But what was interesting Here's how God works. We actually got to hear Dr. Gary Chapman speak, the five love language guy. And it was like, it was like a light bulb went off. There's fireworks, there's romance, her hair's flowing. No, I'm kidding. You know, but, but like it was, it, was, it was like at that moment, you know, a light bulb really went off and we realized, hey, we've been speaking the wrong language to one another. And we really need to grow in our interest of knowing what actually encourages and fills that person's love tank. If you haven't read that book, I really encourage you to do that. And what's interesting about this is that in the Bible, we actually see periods and pockets in the nation of Israel when, when their interest in the Lord would wane. And they, they would look at other gods. They would focus on different directions. And they would be far from Him. And in those periods and in those, those times, we even see that God would begin to warn them and tell them, hey, calamity is coming. Troubles are going to happen. And during these times, what's interesting is, is that God actually had interest in Israel. Even though Israel was far, far removed. And one, 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 uh, one prophet, I believe, he says that his God's people only offer lip service to God. But yet God would still have interest in Israel. Here's a couple verses for us that just really talk to me about God's interest for Israel. This is Isaiah 1:18. He says, come on now, let's walk and talk. Let's work this out. Isn't that like a friend? Hey, we've got some things going on. Let, let's get together and talk about this. Your wrongdoings are blood red, but they can turn as white as snow. Your sins are red like crimson, but they can be made clean again like new wool. Isaiah 54, 7 and 8. God says to them, he says, yes, I was angry for a moment, and I rejected you, but my love endures, and I want you back. For that moment when I was so mad, I made it impossible for you to see me, to find me. But with great tender, I love that, great tenderness, I will take you back in love. You see, God had great interest for Israel. And to keep our relationships growing, there has to be vested interest in the other person. Let me ask you a question. As, we, as we, we pause here. In the words of Joey from Friends, 
How are you doing with God? <laughs> right? How are you doing with God? Is He close? Are you close to Him? We all go through periods and pockets. We all need to renew. What a better time to renew and begin to spark that interest than in a new year. The second thing is, to be a good friend, we need acceptance. Let's go back to the text. John 15, 15. I have never called you servants because the master doesn't confide in his servants. And servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. I love that imagery. That verse, intimate and cherished. It helps us see that Jesus really knew these men. You know, he, he picked such a diverse, rough group of men. You know, they, 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 were, they were not polished. Peter was quick-tempered. Thomas doubted. Judas betrayed him. John and James were judgmental. Matthew was greedy. Like, hey, he picked some real winners, didn't he? He picks them, man, they're top of the line. What's interesting is that he still saw them as intimate and cherished, as close. He accepted them for where they were in life, but here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of the gospel. Jesus finds us right where we are in the muck and the mire, but he doesn't leave us where he finds us. He didn't leave them there. You see, godly acceptance teaches us a couple things. And I think we see this in Scripture. 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians 1, 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. The Apostle Paul, when explaining his ministry to the Gentiles, he writes in this letter to the Romans, Romans 15, 16, he says, to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, he gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't just seek men of acceptable standing. He accepted men in spite of their standing. Just like he accepts us, despite what we've done. Just like he, he bids us to come and experience the beauty and the wonder because he accepts us where we are, but he has so much more for us. So much more for us to see. So much more for us to experience. So much more for us to grow in. And all he is doing is say, will you come? Will you follow? Will you get close? He didn't just seek men of acceptable standing. He accepted them in spite of it. The third attribute that we need when it comes to friendship is experience. That's why this friends experience thing is so big right now. Because we're all, we all are looking for that experience. We're all looking for things to connect and to relate with. Let me introduce you to, uh, to some good friends of ours. This is Kim and Acasio. Uh, Kim and Acasio are some of our closest friends. 
Um, to, you know, our friendship actually predates Kim's wedding to Acasio. I actually knew Ken, uh, Kim from a youth camp. How many youth camp kids in here? Yeah, right? Some long-time friendships you'll make, right? I actually knew her then. We actually went to college together. I actually got to sit next to Kim during my biology class and sleep. Don't judge me, okay? If it wasn't for Kim, I wouldn't be standing here today because she helped me get that degree. So I guess part of my degree is owed to Kim. Um, but here's, here's the truth of it. We, we did life together. We attended the same church for 20 plus years. We raised our kids together. Our kids actually go to the same college. You know, even when things were tough and difficult, we were there for each other. Proverbs 18.24 says, Someone with many so-called friends may end up friendless, but a true friend is closer than a brother. You see, bonds are built through experience. They're built when we celebrate together. They're built when we mourn together. They're built when we struggle and overcome. Think back to some of your fond moments and times in life. Who was there? Who was there with you during that experience? Who did you share them with? All the things that Kelly and I experienced with Kim and Acasio, they're amazing. They're wonderful. We've got some great memories. But you, but you know what? Who is closer? God. God the Father. He's closer than even that type of friendship. God is there when we wake up in the night to bad news or hear something great and amazing that we've been working on. He knows us intimately and completely. You see, God is always present. An ever-present help when? In the time of trouble. He's always there. God can be your best friend. But just like our earthly friends, we have to cultivate time and have interest in them. We have to receive His grace, His acceptance, His forgiveness in our life. We have to experience Him daily through His Word. One of the things I love that I hear Pastor TJ say so much is, don't take it from me. Get your face in the book. Read it. Know it. Interact with it. We have to experience Him daily through the Word, through prayer, through a life devoted to worship. At Trinity, we pursue God passionately and we love people extravagantly. As, as we go out of these doors today into 2023, let's do that. Let's make that our priority. To pursue God passionately. To love people extravagantly. And I promise you, you will experience friendship with God when you do that. There's a couple thoughts I want to leave with us as, as we wrap up. Um, the first is this. Some of us may feel far off today. Maybe you're here and you feel far off from the Lord. I would encourage you to rekindle that interest. And maybe some of you have never experienced the Holy Spirit the baptism in the Holy Spirit. One of the most unique things that happened in my life at the age of 12 was an opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Spirit. 
And it revolutionized. And for the first time, I truly experienced that presence and that closeness with God. It wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just words. It was, it was a deep relational moment in my life. And I encourage you this morning, if you have never been baptized, to experience that, to pursue it, to go deeper in your relationship. Let me leave you with this final, final verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. This is from the message. I know it's a paraphrase, but I just love how, how it's shared here. It says, the, Paul is finishing his letter to the, to the Corinthians. The second letter uh, could be the third, right? The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God. The intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Be with all of you. Let's go into 2023 with the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. Trinity, God has done some wonderful things, some beautiful things, and He has even more for us to experience. Amen? Let's experience together. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.